A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is a podcast from The Times. Go to thetimes.co.uk. Hey, you thought we were gone, but no, we're back. It's a game podcast bonus. This is a bit different this week. I'm joined, as I was on Monday, by by Alison Rudd and uh, George Calkin on the phone. But also, um, we have uh, Dan Johnson from um, from the Premier League. for those who don't know Dan, I believe your title is uh, Director of Communications. Director of Communications, which means he directs communications. We're, we're, we're just basically going to talk through a couple Premier League topics. I think we've all found ourselves in a situation and where, where you know something's happened and we're like, oh, why don't the Premier League do this or why don't they do that or whatever else? And now, for for some matters at least, we can we we can ask Dan. But I want to start at the top with something that's been much discussed on on the blogosphere. Um, this business with with Football Data Co. Um, actually, could you start? Could you just explain what that is and why bloggers and people on the web and some newspapers are annoyed by Football Data Co.? Well, Football Data Co. is a, is an organisation. It's a it's a it's a joint venture between the English leagues, the four four professional leagues in England, and the Scottish professional leagues as well, and they license uh, our our fixtures uh, to various uh, various publications, be they online or you know newspapers like the Times, and uh, you know copyright for fixtures and being able to get some revenue for fixtures is is not a new thing. It's not a hyper commercial thing as as, as some have said uh, on Twitter or, the, or, or indeed on the blogosphere. It's something that's been going on since uh, since 1959. It's uh, there, it was a corporate uh, a copyright. Uh, uh, case back in 1959, and it was found that um, that there's a you know an intellectual endeavour, an effort in uh, in creating the fixture list. Um, was that Justice Ely way back in 1959? Um, I, I'm not sure if he was still around there, but uh, it was uh, it was a long time ago anyway. So what's changed? What's what's the main difference? The main difference is, well, nothing's really changed from our perspective, but it's been challenged. Um, so, like all of these things, so and mainly it's the um, it's the uh, it's the gambling industry that's challenging it because clearly they use football fixtures, and there's been a huge growth in uh, gambling on football to drive uh, to drive their businesses. And as they've drifted offshore, they've stopped paying for the use of fixtures. So there's been some European cases, some European challenges last week. There was a there was a ruling from the European Court of Justice 
where quite frankly both sides claimed victory um, so we'll have to wait and see uh, it comes back into the high court uh, we're very hopeful that we've we've still got uh, protection because it's it's very important it's uh, it's a huge solidarity pay uh, play because Although clearly in England it will be the Premier League fixtures that drive the most uh, commercial interest in Scotland, the SPL fixtures, it's actually split equally amongst all uh, all 90 clubs in the UK and, and all the clubs in Scotland. And so to those to those League Two clubs in in Scotland and and, and, and in England, it's actually quite a significant How much money amount do you of money. Actually make off this. Um, if you have to split it so many ways, yeah. and if like you know Brecon or something, and it, you know it, Scotland League Two, like at the same, I mean, it, it I mean, do, do Manchester United do they even cash their check when you send it to them? I'm sure they cash all the checks, you know. Um, but uh, you're right for for a Premier League club, it's not really gonna it's not really gonna turn the dial. But it's two things: it's the principle of defending intellectual property rights, and list. and and it is and it is the uh, and it is the solidarity play. Yeah, you, you say it's a list, but I'm I, you know Glenn Thompson from. Mattis Origin, who go, go, I mean, it's like painting the fourth road bridge doing the fixture list. As soon as we get one away, you know, they sit down and they start planning. And, you know, in the uh, European Court of Justice ruling, they actually said, yes, we do, we do recognise that there is uh, some creative and intellectual endeavour that goes into and uh, making a list of fixtures. Absolutely. Um, but, but one thing I don't get is, okay, so, because I look at this and I have nothing to go on but my own speculation. Well, and having spoken to several people who are involved with the owners of Premier League clubs, and they didn't really care because there's much money, but they don't really get why. Hang on a minute. Like, you're in the entertainment business, right? You want people to know when their team's matches are, and so you can promote them and sell tickets. And yeah. that certainly applies not just to the Premier League, but obviously to Scotland League Two and, and whatever else. If you make it more difficult to go and publicize when the matches are, isn't that kind of counterintuitive everywhere else? I mean, you go on U2's website or whatever, and they will have their upcoming shows yeah. thing. Well, that's, that's why that's why it's a, it's a it's a low price point, and, and and lots of people can do it. I do, if you want to find out when 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 matches on, can it, I go it, on the Premier League website? Will you tell me? Yeah, absolutely. For it's every single game, every single match. And can, even and even other competitions as well. Can I go on the? Can I, can I start? Can I have my own sort of pirate blog and link to the fixture list on the Premier League website? Um, yeah, you can you can link to our fixture list. Okay, and well, so you'd click through and you'd come on to you come on to Premier League. They can't cut and paste the fixture oh, or list or, or, in, or indeed times.co.uk. <laughs> It's, it's one of those. It's one of those kind of strange ones, isn't it? Really. I mean, I, I sort of absolutely understand and get the point about um, you know all clubs sharing their proceeds, proceeds equ equitably, and all that sort of stuff. It's one of those things that sort of perplexes fans. I think sometimes that you know they couldn't on an independent fans website, for example, unless they could afford to, to do it, that they wouldn't be able to do a sort of you know, to, 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 to put up the list of fixtures. And I think it, it's one of those things, it's, it can feel sometimes as if it's another part of the, of the game that's being sort of removed from, um, removed from them. You know, it's something that these are our fixtures. They don't belong to the Premier League. They don't belong to the club. They're, they're ours. They're, and it's sort of then something that they can't, well, they, they can't they, necessarily the, the get, get access to. The fixtures do, I mean, they do technically belong to the league. They are sure, our, sure. our intellectual yeah. property. And you're putting these kind of four separate pieces of data together to, to create something. Um, but we, yeah, Football Data Co, I mean, we, we are sensitive to the, true, the truly independent, uh, you know, fans website that isn't 
commercialised at all and all those, all those kind of things and each club at the moment can nominate one independent fan site to receive uh, fixtures for, with, with no charge now yeah I, I, I had some interaction with some fans groups on, on Twitter last week and they, they acknowledged that but they said well it's it's a bit too limiting and you know look we you know we, we're not we're not uh, insensitive to these things and we you know we, we may look at it further you know we you know Gab's right we do want uh, as many people as possible to, to to see the fixtures but at the same time you have to defend the principle because there's these gambling companies that are making huge amounts of money off uh, you know off, off our rights and some and, of them and, sponsor Premier League clubs oh it's fine that's great you know if they want to sponsor it but you know but actually you know you could you could argue some may argue that uh, that they do that in order to try and circumvent paying paying a fair, a fair commercial right for using uh, for using fixtures and it brings it brings in all kinds of integrity issues you know i believe that you know if if we could get a fair commercial right from uh, from gambling companies, we should we should centre that revenue in addition to you know the the, uh, the the solidarity play that I've been describing, but on on integrity issues and uh, you know and, and and advising players of the risk of of gambling because I think you know everyone in sport is concerned about the potential uh, integrity issues that, that gambling can 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 eat away and match fixing and things like that. Now there's no suggestion that that's an issue in uh, uh, certainly in the in the Premier League, but but it's one you have to be alive to. Could you could you just clarify? There's, cause it seems to me there's a huge difference between one particular club, let's call it Birmingham, knowing, letting their fans know who they're going to be playing for the entire season, but only involving them, the fixtures involving them, yeah. and some syndicate using the entire fixture list to make yeah. money out of it. Yeah. That, isn't that enshrined in the in the way it's? Discussed. In well, the, well, it may go to the high court. Won't that be a? There's different. There's different licenses you can get. So you can get a, you know, a whole fixture license for for all for all all the matches, or you can get you know just a Premier League license, or you can get an individual club license. So and it comes in, and the, you know and the, the, you know it's quite, but no matter what you get, you accessible. have to share it with those Scottish League Two clubs. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Um, like, viewed from the outside, it seems this reminds me of like years ago in, in England when you know young listeners there was no EPG and you had to buy two different magazines to get your listings because there was you know some kind of totalitarian rule yeah, that. But, but we sell to everyone, so you, it's no, not, no, no, we, we don't control it. We don't. We, it's not like. But does anybody we, we, know we, we, what we, kind of twisted mind led to that? I mean, do, do you know? You, you watch television, right? Do you remember that? I do. When remember you had to get the, what, the radio times and the TV times, and that was the only place you could you could uh, you could get TV listings. Yeah. You guys all laugh, but y'all are weird, <laughs> like really weird. Um, let's move on now to uh, um, you know, the, the, the Premier League releases report last year. And I guess most clubs, pretty much every club has some kind of community scheme where they do, they do helpful things. And I think it also serves to, at a time when, when many, um, when a large proportion of um, of, of supporters our supporters via television via the internet it also probably helps strengthen the ties with uh, with local communities um, now am I right in thinking Dan that some clubs put their own money in others come and get the money from you and um, they can use it any way they like in 
probably, I guess there's some schemes. I mean, if, well, if, I, if some club the, wanted to open like some sort of, you know, I don't know, porn palace or something, you might frown <laughs> upon that. I'm not sure we'd, we'd view that as a legitimate community activity. Or right. Some fans might view it. So. Um, we, um, we, there's, we, there's a bit of both. We do centralized stuff and we have these kind of, uh, you know, uh, four pillars of activity. It's kind of uh, community cohesion, education, uh, sports participation and health. And we have a number of centralized initiatives around there. And we rely on the clubs to help deliver those uh, centralized initiatives because they have the players, they have the links with the, with the local communities and do that. But all It's also, I would assume, easier by the club. I mean, like, somebody can be a Manchester United fan or a Newcastle fan. You know, people don't generally walk around with like a Premier League shirt and be like, I'm a fan of all the Premier League. I love everybody equally. Um, yeah, very few people do that. But uh, <laughs> I queue up for Scooter Moore's autograph. No, yeah, it doesn't no, often happen. That never happens. Um, yeah, no, it does because that they 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 are, they they are the vehicles that uh, we can use to deliver that, and the players and the managers, and they do they do a, a huge amount, and they you know, they do a fantastic job. It they, you know, and you see how uh, you know individuals, be it young young people or you know older people that are uh, kind of you know sh- struggling to to get into work or education or whatever and you see they, they actually go right I am going to do this because it involves my local football club or it gives me a chance to what are go, some go examples well, it's, I mean, there's some fantastic examples in in the uh, Creating Chances report, which is which is available online, PremierLeague.com. We would love to get more coverage for it in in newspapers, but it's sometimes quite a hard hard sell. Um, but was, I mean, there's one that stuck out to me, and there's this guy, 24 year old guy who uh, was unemployed. He'd lost his house. He wasn't seeing his kids. You know, he's living in sheltered accommodation, and uh, he got involved with a with an Everton community scheme volunteering at first uh, trained to be a chef got back into working got a house got back seeing his kids and he's kind of you know these individual stories and you know fantastic so what did Everton actually what was the scheme what did did he just sort of volunteer to help Everton out with their community scheme. Do you, do you know what the scheme was? The scheme, I think, it was Everton's fit to work scheme, and uh, and and they, they they link up with uh, with you know. Lo- I mean, uh, yeah, part part of a great success story of of, of uh, you know the Premier League clubs and the Premier League's community stuff is is, is getting all these partnerships going. So we we, we partnership with the, with the DTI or no, it's called um, BIS now, isn't it? BIS uh, Business uh, Innovation and Skills, um, you know, education departments local PCTs uh, local authorities the Prince's Trust the British Council you know a huge amount of uh, people because we're, we're this kind of you know this, this kind of you know, glitzy vehicle that then can link up with these folk that do really kind of hard cutting edge community work and you fuse those two together and it makes a makes a huge difference to uh, to individuals um, lives yeah it's, i mean it's, i mean i'm going to make a kind of almost sucker any point which i don't really kind of mean to really but it is it, it's it's definitely worth pointing out that there is a huge amount of good done by done by done by all clubs but by but by premier league clubs i mean i'm i'm based in the northeast the um the community programs that the that the all all three of the big clubs have up here uh, uh, you know are really really brilliant and they do make they do make a actual tangible difference in the communities that they that they serve it doesn't always get enough publicity and sometimes the clubs um, you know don't don't publicize don't pu- publicize the things enough either but 
um, it is it is definitely worth it is definitely worth saying, and it should be a source of real pride as well. George, George, sorry. Uh, unlike Dan, whose wages are paid by the Premier League, and so could have been making everything up before, uh, we need to uh, independently verify this. Uh, can you provide a, an example involving uh, one of your north northeast well, okay, clubs? Okay, for example, Sunderland. Sunderland is one of the poor. Is you know, Wearside is one of the poorest areas. Um, of the of the country, um, you know, and that's kind of reflected sometimes in size of crowds. Although size of crowds are, you know, brilliant. small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray Five in One gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu dot com code GLOW. For most, for most areas, but there they have um, their, their foundation, and I don't have the figures on, on me, maybe, maybe Dan, would, Dan would know them, but they, they employ a hell of a lot of people, and they, um, it's not just window dressing, it's um, in terms of getting, um, getting to kids, in terms of literacy rates, in terms of using football as a vehicle to improve, um, to improve th- things like fitness and health um, and things like that. It, it, I mean, you know, I've been to some of those events. But what, what can you describe the event? I mean, like, just oh, so okay. people get so, a sense, so, like, so, so, like what so, you so, said, like Nicholas, like right. Lee Cattermole out to talk to a bunch of kids. Right. Well, that, 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 that is the kind of that is the glossy. That is the time. You know, those are the times that I'll probably get to see those, these things most of the time. Is that you know you'll get you'll get invited to an event in which a player may come along, spend a couple of hours, spend time with kids, sign some autographs, take pictures, listen to what's going on. And then, and then, you know, then go away. There'll be a photographer there, take nice pictures, maybe a couple of journalists, do an interview with, you know, the player, and then and then write it up. And it's a kind of all very nice thing that happens. You know, that happens regularly. However, beneath that, 
Sunderland have um, you know a big a big bus that tours tours the communities, and they have kind of activists is not the right word, but they have they have employees who go into um, who go into the communities using football as a vehicle to get kids engaged in education. They have a classroom in the stadium. So do so do Newcastle. Um, kids you know co- kids go in there. Um, kids go in there and and take part in lessons and take part in tutorial. And football is the vehicle to get them to get them sort of engaged in it. And it is it's absolutely brilliant. You know it, it is it is absolutely brilliant, and it is something that should be should be, should be talked up. Obviously, you know when we're kind of in the thick of writing about sendings off and mayhem and goals and sackings and uh, you know wages and blah blah blah. You know you you sometimes don't get the opportunity to sort of take a step back and and reflect on it. But they do the clubs the clubs that really are rooted in their community do do a huge amount of uh, positive work are are there clubs where I don't expect you to tell me but I are there clubs who are rubbish at this who don't ask for you don't don't really tell me who they are but I'm assuming some clubs are much better at others at using and like getting as much money as they can from you centrally at raising doing money locally and they're much more invested in this than Perhaps other clubs. I mean, I, um, I think other you know, clubs play to their strengths. Um, so Sunderland, uh, I think, uh, certainly under under when when Niall was there and Niall Quinn was a, you know, was, was a great advocate of Sunderland's uh, community uh, intervention uh, and and you know all, all the great things that George has just described. Um, but you know, I mean, they 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 looked at themselves and said, right, you know, we we are we are a club. We're not we're not a Manchester United. We are a club that. Absolutely Absolutely has to be connected to its community. Yeah. We recognise that uh, you know that, that we that we 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 we're in a, a, a relatively uh, poor area that you know that, that you know that people face a lot of challenges. How can we you know help work and meet the needs of of of, of our communities and our fans? And so they'll, they'll have targeted that. Now Manchester United are, are you know are a different club, and you know they've got tie-ups with uh, with UNICEF and they've got uh, big international projects. They still do a lot of stuff locally as well um, we've got some, a great initiative called something to chew on which is about healthy eating and uh, you know and uh, working with local PCTs and local uh, education authorities but I think all, all the clubs now recognize that look right in you know certainly in the Premier League we stack it up high over here we've got huge revenues we've got fantastically well-paid players we've got uh, you know we've got an amazing competition and you know and, it, and it's great but if you do all that you've got to do all the other stuff as well and you've got to work hard as that and you know and and, and, and I know you know me, me and my colleagues we sometimes get frustrated that it's not as, as as well reported as we feel it ought to be but you know the central thing is always going to be the football it's all that's that that's what drives everything be it the community work or the commercial success. It's also more interesting well, I, you know, you should read some of these stories. I mean, maybe. Well, you, I mean, I, yesterday, um, on Sunday at White Hart Lane, they, on the Spurs shirts, they had the Tottenham Hotspur Foundation. Five, five year anniversary. Presumably, yeah. you would like to see more of that. I mean, it's, it's on telly, it's, yeah. there's going to be loads of pictures, and people are going to think, who, who have no idea that there's a charitable yeah. side to the club yeah. or the league, are going to see that and think, oh, I wonder what that's about. I think clubs are getting cuter. I think they're getting cuter uh, you know, at doing that. I think they're getting. Uh, more confident about the work they do I think they're getting prouder about the work that they do and you know I mean you know, before we came on air Joe George was saying that you know we, you know he'd, he'd done quite a lot of 
player interviews around you know around community events and I think you know to show the different side to players uh, you know that uh, you know that sometimes you know putting them up at a community event and you know I think sometimes you get you get a better kind of more nuanced more detailed yeah. picture of the of the individual was, um, as well was, as the footballer you, you get you get beautiful stories I remember doing doing it was it was exactly through through, through that through that program creating chances and a piece with Andy Reid who was at Sunderland at the time loved music he got involved with um, a group of Sunderland fans who unfortunately lost um, lost a, lost a friend and um, ended up recording you know ended up recording a piece of music now I'm, I'm sure some of these events can be you know players turn up and then leave and maybe forget forget about it but the good players and um, you know the good the good events people do people actually everybody gets something out of it the, you know Andy Reid fell in love with this project threw himself into it spent days doing it and I'm sure it rooted him more in the community he understood more about where he was coming from it had a great effect for the for the for the young young people who were who were doing the project and it was great for me to go along and see it and kind of be you know kind of be moved by the by the way that everybody was throwing themselves throwing themselves into it so kind of everybody's you know everybody's a winner it's very I mean it is very easy to be cynical about about the game and I'm I'm I do that I do that as much as anybody and enjoyed and enjoy you know enjoy being cynical about it but it, you, you also do have to you also do have to have to take the other side sometimes and say that um, there is a great opportunity for, for football to, ch- to to change people's lives and it does it does happen on a, on a daily basis um, to be fair George I can think of the fair few people who are far more cynical than you are but um we wanted to get to uh, uh to talk about uh broadcasting um uh, as well and the new the new contract um but my producer chris skinner won't let me oh no oh now you're saying we can okay all right it's just very, <laughs> it's very difficult the, the new premier league contract the, the domestic contract expires in 2013 um I'm assuming, and, and also I, I believe that right now, because of that ruling from the Antitrust Commission, whereby it has to be segmented into, into packages, right? I believe there's six packages and Cur- so on. Yeah. Currently, there's six packages and there's no single buyer rule, so okay. no one broadcaster can buy all six packages. But you could have a single, but that, that's expiring, right? It's expired, but we, we, won't, we won't step away from, from the fundamentals of, of that uh, European Competition Commission ruling because you'd, you'd basically would be inviting another investigation, and most most people don't want to be investigated by the competition. What if that one buyer is you? Because you know what they did in Holland, where uh, of course the the league started they started their own channel. I'm assuming that's something you've considered. Look, I mean, it's something you know that we've we've looked at in numerous times. We've actually got quite a, uh, an interesting vehicle. In we've got this thing called the content service, which we uh, stream a load of content out to our overseas rights holders. Look, I mean, and, t- and yeah, there's a, there's a kind of tipping point, isn't there? And a value tipping point. And an investment tipping point, you know, Sky, ESPN, uh, the BBC, you know, previous rights holders, they, they they are broadcasters and they're geared up and, you know, they've got all the production and all the technological investment, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, for, for, for a league to come along and do it itself, then you have to be really 
confident or have the right partner to think that you know right because there's a lot of upfront investment that would need to sort of balance out with the actual revenue that you're going to drive uh, from uh, from selling it yourself uh, do you know how the Dutch league are getting on are they are they happy with their with their decision I, well I think the Dutch were kind of you know they, they were kind of forced into into that because of the, the nature of the of the competition for their rights in 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 Holland I, I, I'm not I, I, to be honest I don't know how it's working out for them if, if they think it's great if they want to get back to uh, get back to uh, doing it in a more traditional way I don't know do you think we're ever going to get rid of this um, in fact you might know because nobody seems to the 3pm rule on yeah, Saturdays oh, yeah. now okay I realize that it's obviously you don't sell the rights to those games in this country yeah um, fair enough but is it an actual rule? Is it a law? Is it some kind of like royal decree? Like if I wanted to show <laughs> games from another country at that time, can I do it? Um, it's up. Well, it's up. And why can the Welsh do it? Right. Article 48 is a uh, is a UEFA article, um, which is backed by UK law and European law. And each individual uh, nation across UEFA can enact Article 48 and say, right, at our traditional slot of uh, where, where football has traditionally been played, we won't screen okay, matches. But who has enacted this, this? Is it Parliament? The football authorities. What does that mean? Uh, What's I mean, the football authority? The, the football the, association? Uh, us, uh, the Premier League, um, the Football League, and uh, the FA, and the Scottish football authorities also. But not the, what is it, the FAW or whatever? I'm, I'm not aware of, of, of the Welsh issue. So. You, you're not aware that you don't go to S4C and look at and, and notice that there's football on at half past three on Saturday? No. No? Because, of course, because you're always, you're always at a Premier League match, of course. Um, final thing um, on on this point. Um, but but the reason why we enact Article 48 is to protect uh, attendances at all levels and protect yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just tradi- curious, though, traditional like, participation. But what I understand, though, I mean, when you say the football authorities have decided yeah. that, right? Okay, I'm a broadcaster, right? Yeah. Let's say, you know, I've it's so cheap now to get on the Sky platform. So, like, you know, I've got Gab TV, right? Yeah. Can I say, well, you know what? I'm not a commercial partner or a rights holder yeah. of any of the, you know, football. We wouldn't sell you the package. And you don't, you don't, don't buy a package. Yeah. And I go and I show, I, I, can I show Bundesliga or another league or whatever at that time? Yeah. Okay. And the reason Sky and ESPN don't do it is because they're your partners as well. And you say, if you want to buy our stuff, then you got to abide by our rules. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. You'd have to ask them. So. Sure. Surely the 3 p.m. thing on a Saturday has to, has to be, I mean, that has to be up for grabs soon because, I mean, if every other, I mean, if, you, if you've got games at midday on a Saturday and yeah. 1 o'clock and then 5 o'clock and then, you know, all through Sunday and then Monday night, et cetera, et cetera, then people are, people are always doing something else at some other time. I mean, so so why, why is, the, is that 3 p.m. thing still sacrosanct? Well, sure, sure. There's a lot of lower league football. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's a lot of lower league football at 3 p.m., which is not on television. Yeah, but then there's a lot of football on all the time. 
but not at that not at that time. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is a tendency, and even even some Premier League, like you speak to the guys at Sunderland or Wolves or Bolton, and they say, you know, if their matches or Man United matches are on kind of hooky foreign feeds in local pubs, it does take uh, which does they take, are. which does yeah, we're, we're trying to crack down on that, uh, which does take uh, you know take some crowds away away from away from them, and also lower down the leagues. If you're a you know if you're a, a, a Rochdale and the Man U's on at three, and you know that can that can affect your crowds as well. So. So you know there are strong reasons and, and, and strong uh, belief within within football that you know that we should protect the uh, three pm slot. And um, the, the answer is Jeff Stelling to your previous question. Why would Sky show live football at three o'clock? That would that would mean there was no point yeah, to the what, wonderful Jeff Stelling it's, summing it's, everything up. This is still up. something which really annoys me because nobody's given me a straight answer. And I've worked. I'm going to call. Who's that conservative? Is it Damien? Whatever. So I'm. You know the, the MP. Yeah, I know you're making Damien a face because he's conservative. I know Damien Collins, right? Um, yeah. I'm going to ask him because nobody has been able to give me a straight answer about this. A couple of weeks ago, no, it was a couple of months ago, Barcelona game kicks off at five p.m. Right, I flip on Sky. It's a, you know I would assume that they're going to show the game, but no, you get 15 minutes of these people chatting because they can't do it until 5:15 because of this rule. And I still can't get a straight answer, not from you, not from anybody, who made this rule and why do they have to abide by it? UEFA. UEFA did not make this rule. It's Article 48. Stop go, blaming. I, go, I know go, you're go. the Premier League. You blame UEFA for everything. We don't blame or actually, UEFA FIFA and UEFA. This, is, is, good, this is a good thing. This is a good thing. But why do you? Are you applying? Ar- why do you apply Article 48 to protect uh, to protect 3 p.m. So it's your decision, not yeah. you personally. But yeah, it's a pre- Premier League. And, right. So and, and between FA five and, and five fifteen, after Barcelona kicked off, I get the finest football team in the planet. I cannot watch it unless I watch it on my own satellite, which of course is a bit different and very legal uh, for my own personal use. It's nodding along. Yeah. But I cannot watch this on Sky, and I want to watch it on Sky because I want Kevin Keatings and 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 Jerry and whatever. But I can't. I get the the, the three doofuses chatting in the studio because what what do you have to protect? Like that one football I match, I, which I, is I, late. I think, I think that's a Sky decision. I think it's a Sky decision. But now you're blaming Sky. I don't, I don't think there's anybody to blame for anything. You are because it's, 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 it's my dissatisfaction. Anyway, uh, Dan, there's a lot more we could get we could get stuck into. We could be talking pubs in Portsmouth. Um, uh, maybe that's for another time. So hopefully the next time the Premier League do something good. We can have you back and we can talk about the good I'll, things. I'll be back next week, man. <laughs> that's a challenge. Thank you so much, Dan Johnson. Thank you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.